0: Hello, and welcome to the 5am Filmcast, a podcast created by a group of friends that stayed up till 5am for the hell of it, and now we decided to review movies for the hell of it. I'm your host, Gabriel Oliver, and today I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts. Yo, it's Tio. What's up? What's up, guys? It's Bernard,
1: aka Reese's Peanut Butter Cups.
0: What does that even mean? <laughs> okay, continue. No, yo,
1: what up? You it's happen. Tio. How's it going?
2: Oh, go <laughs> <yo>. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, he, he did it for me, I think, so... Wait, he fine. did
0: it for you? He didn't even say your name!
2: It's Nick. Alright!
0: Alright, and that's everyone, okay. So, so this episode, we're going to be reviewing Whiplash, a 2014 film by Damien Chazelle. Andrew Neiman is an ambitious young jazz drummer in pursuit of rising to the top of his elite music conservatory. Terrence Fletcher, an instructor known for his terrifying teaching methods, discovers Andrew and transfers the aspiring drummer into the top jazz ensemble. Forever changing the young man's life, but Andrew's passion to achieve perfection quickly spirals into obsession as his ruthless teacher pushes him to the brink of his ability and his sanity. Alright, so that being said, what do you guys think of the movie overall? Spoiler free section. It was a very good movie, very
1: music oriented, as I could tell. But I think yeah, it it's was not really... like
0: that's the whole fucking plot of the movie.
1: Okay, Sherlock Holmes.
3: Yo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, Tion, what do you have to say about this movie?
3: It's me, Tion. No,
0: damn it. Um, I think it was a good movie.
3: I think the story was very uh, it was a very interesting story. As always, I th- I think that the themes of the stories, you know, the the bigger messages and stuff are what makes a movie really more interesting than like than say like the soundtrack or like whatever. So, and I think it has some very interesting things to say. So, it's a it's a good movie. Pretty good. I recommend it.
2: Yo, it's pretty sick movie. I think yeah, it's a pretty sick movie. Would recommend.
0: <laughs> All right, yeah. I think overall it was um, it was very intense. I I'm pretty sure if I saw it in the movies, I would have been like on the edge of my seat. Not that I can't be now, but it's just like you know, in a movie like the atmosphere is a lot more gripping. And I think this movie would have encapsulated me a lot more in that feeling had I been in theaters, like much more yes. just here sitting in my chair. So it was yeah. Awesome. yeah. Alright, so that being said, what did you guys think of any major plot points or like, Jesus Christ, just like Terrence as a human being, Terrence Fletcher?
1: I think Terrence is a really interesting character because he kind of embodies an idea instead of like having his own, you know, like character arc kind of. And I guess same with, same with Andrew, like he embodies like, uh, an idea or principle or moral. So, yeah.
0: I think that's something really interesting that you brought up that I didn't really think about that much because you mentioned the word character arcs and I think Fletcher did not go through a character arc at all or if he did it was very very minor and I think that just speaks more speaks more volumes to his character that he is stagnant and he is unwilling to move and he said himself he's unapologetic of what he's done to others because he's just trying to do his best he's like I'm not going to apologize for doing my best. So I think that really contributes to his character to the fact that he himself, it's kind of meta that his character did not have an arc because his character is not supposed to. Yeah. 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 Because he's not what's important. And he knows he's not what's important.
3: Does he? Yes, he does.
2: Or does he, though? Or does he? He does.
3: He does. He knows he's not important. He's not doing this for himself. He's He's doing it to create... Another idol, another what? Another perfect Louis musician.
1: Buddy another Mitch. Louis Armstrong.
3: Another Charlie Parker. So it's not. It was. I don't think it was ever about him, because he doesn't care. And I think you can see that when he's actually willing to sacrifice his whole reputation in the very last uh, concert by telling him that they're going to play Caravan and Whiplash, but not playing Caravan or Whiplash.
2: But is that is that a good thing or is it just out of pure vengeance? Pure, i don't think it was because it was everything that he did was always to push that's what he said Andrew that's forward. what he wanted likes so i believe. think
0: i think to i think you at least in my opinion i think that is not what fletcher was going for at the end i think that's what fletcher was going for at after uh neiman got into the car crash for for sure he was trying to push him there but i think i agree with nick a lot more here that that was very much just straight up vengeance and revenge for what he did. I mean, everything in that scene sets it up. He tells Neiman I knew it was you and then the lighting turns from a warm orange to a harsh cold green and then it's just the camera focuses on Neiman collapsing in on himself and I think I don't think it was Fletcher at all trying to push him. I think it was just him well, like
3: I mean if it was if it was really if it was really him just trying to get vengeance, then, then would it really make sense for him to sacrifice his? Because he already lost his job at Schaefer, you know, and he knows that this is kind of like not not necessarily his last, his last, the end of the line for for Fletcher, but like he knows that it's gonna be. It's just making it worse for him if he goes on stage and performs with a with a crappy drummer, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't. I... He
3: wouldn't. And knowing, because you know how Fletcher is, he's like a he's a perfectionist, right? Yeah. He's a perfectionist. He wouldn't allow it if he didn't believe that Andrew Neiman had something in him that would make it so that he didn't go on stage with a shitty drummer. I could see that,
0: but I don't think that was his goal. Fletcher was so, like, enraged at losing his job that I, I think this was one of those things where he was like, I'm going to take down Neiman. Like, I don't care if I lose whatever else I have left because his whole thing at Shafi was all he had to his name. So to have that taken away from him, it's like at this point he doesn't have much left. So he doesn't mind throwing um, this show just to take him down. And I don't think uh, Fletcher went into that going like, oh, like I'm totally going to predict that Neiman's going to go into this and come out shining. I don't think he saw that because I mean like... If he didn't predict it, then wouldn't he be angry that he did it?
3: Like yeah. if he didn't if he didn't expect him to do that, then when he did do it, wouldn't wouldn't he be frustrated that he did?
0: No, I think that's the thing. I think that either situation Fletcher wins. Like regardless of which way it played out, if Neiman stormed off the stage, Fletcher won because he had the upper hand in the final laugh. But as to what actually happens, Fletcher still won because he got the perfect creation he was looking for. So I think Ooh. that's what happened.
1: But, okay. There I kind of side with Teo on this because I feel like him, because before, even before the concert, when he was talking to Neiman, he, he was like, um, Neiman was asking like, Oh, what about the other drummers? And, um, Fletcher straight, straight up told him that he didn't see anything in them that he saw in him. Like, like base, that's basically what he said. And that could be very, it could be a very manipulative thing that he said that but i don't think so i think that's what that's what pushed, that's what helped um andrew become you know like to get rid of his anxiety to get to to overcome the hump to be encouraged in order to push past expectation as he says is his goal
0: yeah i could see that i I think just the part of it that i'm seeing is that Fletcher obviously Fletcher knows no bounds he doesn't care if a kid killed himself over this and I think that's the part of this is that when he tells Neiman uh you're the kid that I saw all along it's like I feel like that's very manipulative and I saw it more manipulative than actually driving because I think he knew that Neiman was very close to like if he just told Neiman a few words he knew that Neiman would fall for him again and go with it and I think that's just because he knows no bounds and wanted to push him as far as he could, regardless if, like, it worsened him or not. I think Neiman just got lucky that it bettered him. He easily could have been, like, that Sean kid and killed himself.
3: So that's the thing that I'm, I'm cons- I think about. I was thinking, like, I agree with Fletcher's philosophy in his, in his teaching. And you're right, it's like, oh man, a kid a kid killed himself and everything. And that's terrible, right? But it's like, the man already has a reputation for, you know, being very abrasive. You know that. You know that going in. And if you, if you think you don't know how what it takes, and you don't think that, and you think you won't be able to make it, then you should quit. So I think it's more of a tragedy of not knowing your limits than somebody pushing you too far.
0: The, the, that's the, that's a very interesting thing about this movie is that I could not, because a lot of movies you can either say, yep, that's right. Yep. That's wrong. But this is beautiful because it's that perfect middle ground where it's, because the whole idea here is, is there a line to pushing your limits? And it's hard to answer that question because the one side of the argument is to Fletcher's, which is that if you don't push people, you, you'll you never find out their true potential. And it's sad to to see that go but the other side is that there has to be a limit because otherwise terrible things like that kid killing himself happens and so it's not like one side's right one side's wrong it's just that they're both very strong arguments and they're both the reality that you have to face
3: actually i think that it's i think it's a it's a difference of of the few so i'll explain it it's like it shouldn't i don't think everyone should teach like that I don't think everyone should teach the exact same way that Fletcher does, but I think that I think that we need maybe a few people to teach like, or maybe just one person, you know,
2: or one because it's I like think,
0: yeah, that's probably a good middle ground yeah. right there
2: because we only have a few Charlie Parkers or yeah, because we will only yeah,
3: not because not everyone can be a Charlie Parker and yeah, in fact, only one person can be a Charlie Parker, so you don't need everyone to teach like that, but you. But you do. Um, you need at least one. I think, yeah, you need at least a, a very small, you know, portion of people to to make to to be sure. Because it's like the people who go to him are
0: good. know what they're going in for. They
3: know what they're going in for, and they mm-hmm. do want to. They they want to go through it so that they can get better. Yeah, you know, um, it's like this. It's like Navy Seals. It's pretty. It's literally exact exact same thing. It's like you. If you don't. If you're if you're joining the Navy sa- SEALs and you're not ready. <laughs> Navy SEALs. You're understand. joining the Navy SEALs and you're not ready.
0: It's like that's that's on you. That's not on the on the drill instructors who push you too hard. I agree that there's a yin and yang kind of balance here. With having majority of people teaching their own um, ways. And then a few select individuals teaching this very harsh and punishing. And as you said abrasive way. Because... In one way, if you experience that abrasive teacher, then you have a bigger appreciation for the other teachers out there and maybe you'll find your own path. I mean, like, obviously, this whole pushing your limits way, that's just one method of teaching. Like, other people right. can find their true potentials through other methods of teaching. And say an individual goes to this abrasive teacher, gets ridiculed, hates it, and finds other teachers and they have a bigger appreciation right. for that and that's where they unlock their true potential. Or you could right. be like Neiman, who... He tried the other teachers but they're just too um too nice for him and so going to Fletcher is that although it hurts but it pushes him and it unlocks his unlocks his potential.
3: I don't think and I yeah you're right but I don't think it's like I don't think it's like you you go to a different teacher to a different teaching style to 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 find your to to see how much better you can be in the same thing. I think that it's like it's like a hierarchy that and if you don't if you can't go to the all the way to the best to the top in this thing then go to a different thing so don't do jazz do something else not do jazz with a different teacher who who does a different style because it's like the greatest the greatest of the greats in every single thing all push themselves they all mm-hmm. strained and sacrificed and it wasn't and it wasn't like um it wasn't they went to an easier thing they didn't go to or they didn't go to an easier they didn't take an easier route to be the best so it's like if you can't be the
1: best in jazz then go somewhere else and be the best there mm-hmm. but i feel like the different ways of teaching can also be a way of different types of people different types of learning and people yeah because like like tio said we need that one person who's really harsh because you know, just like just like you said with Andrew, that's how he learned. That's how he's going to improve. And a teacher like that may not be for everyone, obviously.
3: So, right, not not for everyone because not everyone wants to can can be the best or wants to be the best in that yeah. thing.
1: Yeah, but that's I what also I'm kind of yeah, and I also kind of agree with Gabe that if some if someone um, got under t- uh, Fletcher's teaching style and it didn't work out for them, they would find another teacher and maybe they could unlock their true potential with that teacher. I, we don't know, but the, the, the point is saying that, I, my point is basically saying that there's different teachers for everyone, and mm-hmm. just because this teaching style works for someone doesn't mean it works for everyone. Right.
3: But, but I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying like necessarily like teaching, but just, but just pushing yourself and straining yourself, yeah. like it has to be done. It has to be done to be better. Yeah, like you can't you it to be better. It's not like you can take the easy route. So maybe not just the, maybe not the teacher, but but it but
1: you do have to push your limits. Yeah, you can't be satisfied
0: there. So aside from like that general theme, because th- there's a lot to unpack there, and I think we really got to the core of that, like the duality of teaching styles and like how they balance each other out, and like n- with no side is completely right or wrong, but. Other things I want to note here is the um some symbolism in there. I, did you guys notice the use of color in here? Like, pre, two predominant colors were orange and kind of a dark, cold green. The two bands. The beginner's band, Nassau band, was in the cold yeah, green. Mm-hmm.
3: And then the studio band was in warm, warm orange. I, I
0: think that was a really cool way of depicting, like, how, like, this is what he wants, but he doesn't know, like... How much, cause obviously warm, it's inviting and the green is like cold and it's like stay away from that. But I think it's a nice way of kind of like just dis- how deceptively addicting that thing could be. Like he- Andrew doesn't know it, but like he, he thinks he wants that. Well, he, he wants it, but he does, he doesn't know the like terrors behind it. And I think that was a cool way of like hiding that. Other right. situations right. where I noticed the orange and green were, um, Oh my God, it was beautiful right at the very end, right where they walk in, right, that last band performance that Andrew walks into, yeah. and it's a, like, Andrew walks in, the lighting's all orange, and then they reveal that it's not Caravan, and it's not Whiplash, it's some other song. The lights, like, the lights turn green, and, like, uh, J.K. Simmons just has has this devilish look on his face where he's like, yeah, you fell into my trap, and then, like, he's, Andrew's playing and struggling throughout the whole song. And when he goes to his dad, hugs him and comes back, the lights are now warm. And then it's like focusing on Andrew. Now Andrew's like in control of the band. It's his performance to finish and show to the world. I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting, not just the colors, but especially in the differences between the
3: bands, like if you notice kind of ironically, the the studio band is a lot nicer. Like the place where, it's, where it is, it's it's real. it has nice furniture. Mm-hmm. it has nice walls um it has an its own office um green lampshades, green lampshade lamps um but the it's not nassau band the beginner band where he comes from it looks crappy like the where it is it looks like like the corner of a building and like yeah mm-hmm. at the you know it's kind of just like tucked away um so and it's like so it's interesting how it's like the the studio band is the more inviting space.
0: Yeah, but then at the same time, you don't know like how poisonous or addicting it could be. Oh, the uh, it's a lot more um, noticeable, but it was very uh, effective the way they used. Um, Shaky cameras versus stable cameras like obviously when all the drummers are collapsing in on themselves They're trying to get to the tempo. It's shaking and it's like like that scene where like they're like where uh, Fletcher's like I need you guys to get this tempo out and he keeps on changing Interchanging those three different drummers. It's so shaky in there And then every now and then we cut back out to the rest of the band like in the bathroom or like in the lounge And it's a nice stable and calm camera. It was very it's a very simple thing, but it's very effective.
1: Yeah. I want to say that as as percussionist, this movie is very... It's very, like, relatable,
0: kind of. Dude, as someone who went through, like, almost this exact same thing, just not as exaggerated, it hits home hard. I remember I didn't want to watch this movie for the longest time. I put off watching this movie because I just knew it would kind of hit some trauma in me, so I had to put some years in between when i finished jazz band and when i wanted to yeah. watch this movie i'm I'm being Jeez. honest it's not a joke because it's like a lot of things like what they do and what they say it's so like i can imagine being in neiman's seat and like the lights yeah. and the tension because i've had that so many times i i don't know if i told you guys this but i did cry once in advanced jazz band i forgot who who was teaching i think it was dr c but it was a very similar situation where he just kept on like roasting and like degrading but like that not like fletcher degrading but like kind of like a condescending tone type of thing and it just kind of makes me feel terrible so i could not even imagine being in andrew's situation yeah
3: right right especially since we've all been through like carl and like the way he like yeah
0: taught us through through like drum it, it was... does
3: it does hit but it's like again it's like first i think it's it's interesting because like it does it did have a different effect because I remember on you Gabe it, it like hit you really hard but then on oh, me yeah. It was, yeah but then on me it was like it hit and then I kind of just forgot about it yeah so the way it,
0: that Carl taught us in Drumline it was very similar very similar to Fletcher just without a lot of the cussing yeah. and the, it wasn't
3: uh, yeah it wasn't as bad but it was still pretty intense you it could
0: feel the same intensity from him that Fletcher irradiated from this movie yeah is very scary I think it's interesting because
3: it kind of shows how differently we we experienced it. Because, right? You agree with Fletcher. I agree with Fletcher, and you don't agree with Fletcher. Yeah, and that was and, just
0: like how it mirrored real life. Right.
3: And how? And if I if I was still in drumline, I'd want Carl to still be teaching us. Yeah, but you don't. You don't think, and you'd rather have.
2: I would really not rather have Carl teach me. <laughs> I, I agree with I agree with Gabe. I really don't like the character of, of, uh, of Fletcher, but I mm-hmm. I would say. F- speak for a lot of the veterans that we would want carl back to teach from like because um because he was good yeah and we and we and we got places yeah like we, places that we cannot go now yeah
0: there's no doubt that we did get good it's just as a group the there, there was a limit to us and carl yeah. couldn't push us past that limit no matter how much he tried yeah
1: and okay as an outsider like a person who's never like having an ex like a season with carl um i really think as as like time went on as we got more experienced we would have been a better fit but we were just too inexperienced like it was just us at least and Mm -hmm. he was he was just going too fast for us and so it was it was just really hard to keep up and like i said there's different types of teachers for different types of people but i also think that there's different types of teachers for different stages in progression of like yeah. what you're doing. It, it's, interesting.
0: it's interesting how much this movie is very grounded. Because it's like, this is so relatable to just us. Like much more everyone else around the world. Obviously, yeah. it's not just drumming and music. But it's just any types of teachings, really. Whether it be ice skating or track or anything that's demanding. Mentally, physically, emotionally one thing i do want to talk about is the title itself whiplash and i think it was very prominent when he got struck by that car what the whiplash physically meant but i think um symbolically so we know that whiplash is getting struck so hard you can no longer like turn your head or really like to be more direct you can't look back behind you without moving your whole body i think there's two interpretations in this movie one is that Andrew is so drunken with his drive that he tunnel visions and refuses to look anywhere else around him but the music. We can see this a lot like he, he has the potential to have a girlfriend, his whole family is trying to reach out to him, his dad's like, hey I'm trying to talk to you, I want to make sure your life is okay. But there's some points where he refuses to look at that and just focuses on drumming. And the other interpretation of this whiplash is that it's the flip side of that, where Andrew got struck with the realization of how close he got to being Sean and how close he got to killing himself. Like this is after um the whole incident with the lawyer and he like gets his own apartment and stuff. And he gets he has that revelation that he was so close to being that deprived and he no longer looks back at the lifestyle of art. Obviously until Fletcher comes back into the picture and kind of drags him back into it like like an addict that knows what he wants.
1: Well, depending on your point of view, dragging yeah, mm-hmm. or persuading, you, you know works either way.
0: Right. And I, I think another tangent of this that was really cool was um, I don't know if you guys ever saw the film Batman vs Superman, but there was this awesome shot in there where um, Batman opens up his like closet and he looks at the bat suit, kind of like like an alcoholic looking at um a beer bottle that he wants to take take again. Mm-hmm. And there's a very similar shot where Andrew opened up his drum set again, his closet for the with the drum set again after running into Fletcher for so long, and he kind of there's a moment where he looked at it so like disapprovingly, but he also just wanted it back, and then he quickly spirals down back into that again when he builds the drum set, and he goes to the show again to perform.
3: Um, I think another good uh, incident instance of like whiplash is like how quickly, um. Not quickly, but how jarringly um, Fletcher switches between being nice to someone and being a douchebag to someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, especially the scene with, like, the kid, when he's talking <laughs> to the little kid, yeah. and he's like, oh, oh you are gonna, you should, like, uh, you should totally be, like, a, a piano player for my bat one day. All right, fox fuckers. He's like, all right, like, dickbags. Yeah. I think it was, I think that's really, was, I guess, another instance of, like, of whiplash.
0: Mm-hmm. I think, oh, oh, a really cool kind of like foreshadowing, but also sim- symbolism was um, the beginning of the movie. It starts with the snare drum, a celling, right? Uh, we didn't really right, know what right. that meant. But then at the very end, uh, we have as Andrew is finishing his giant drum solo. I think what was awesome about this is that he's starting to uh, do a retardando, right? He's slowing down mm-hmm. the tempo of the snare drum. And I think what was awesome was that I thought it symbolized Andrew pulling back from this addicting musical lifestyle. And I, I, by the way, I'm referencing everything as addicting because I feel like he didn't want to, or like, I feel like what I got was that he wasn't supposed to spiral into this descent of insanity, but then he kind of gets pulled into it because it's his obsession. So the retardando at the end was Andrew pulling back from this addicting lifestyle, finally giving him rest with his performance. But then mm-hmm. I thought it was awesome how Fletcher is the one who begs him to do the Achal again. And it's kind of symbolic of him, of Fletcher pulling Andrew back into this addiction and making him, molding him into this perfect man, regardless of the consequences.
2: I kind of hate the movie, honestly. Really? It's a really good movie. It's a, it's, it's, an amazing movie, but I hate it because it, it's a bit personal. And I, I, I kind of, it kind of gives you traumas. It's not even, like, the Carol thing. It's just stuff, you know, stuff that you experience. Really? I fu- yeah. yeah, I
0: fully agree with Nick on this. Like, it's an amazing movie, and I know it's so amazing because it does its job so well of making me feel so disgusted about the idea of it afterwards. Like, <sighs> I, I remember... Ha- yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you have your own take. I have mine, and my take is that I knew halfway through, I was like, I hate this. It's so disgusting because how much... As Nick said, trauma, this is upbringing, not just in Drumline and with Carl, but just like in the learning processes of life, you've experienced people kind of abusive and torturing you. And it's kind of like, it's so intense because you can feel yourself in Andrew's mindset, like his head is banging. And I think that's why I felt disgusted after watching this movie. But again, that's a testament to how good this movie was to make you even feel that in the first place.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: i think it's a really good movie because like like because of the experiences that we had right we have different points of view but we both we all agree that it's a really good movie and that's what good pieces of you know like good movies do like any type of art there's like people have multiple perspectives on it there's no such thing as one perspective
3: i don't know i think the closest i think the closest thing i've ever gotten to like Andrew's situation was not actually Carl, but like when I was trying to do math as like a kid and like my dad was like helping me and was like
0: oh, I feel yelling
3: like... at me. He yeah. Like, What's wrong with you? You don't know this? Two
0: plus like,
3: two is four!
0: It's like <laughs> I don't get it.
3: That's basically the closest I've ever gotten to
2: that. What about how Andrew changes? He goes in he's yeah. like a nice guy, right? But 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 near the end you hear him, he's shouting and he's yelling and he's he's being unkind to other people.
0: I think it's his I mean I like the his breaking point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Is it is it a product product of, of Fletcher or is it a product of, of himself? himself? Is it is it because he made himself that way or is it because he's influenced by Fletcher? So both.
0: I have a question for you guys. Do you think he became the perfection that he was seeking to be
1: i would say no because perfection is merely an idea it cannot be embodied by anyone because no one
2: is perfect let's say this way did he become become the charlie parker that fletcher wanted to have produced
1: i don't think so maybe in fletcher's eyes but in my opinion
2: no but that doesn't matter because because all that fletcher matters that fletcher thinks he he fletcher thinks that demon is is what he wants him to be neiman doesn't have to be the best all that matters is that fletcher thinks neiman is the best and that he made neiman that way and then he's happy he's content in his own little scheme
0: i think that's the beautiful fallacy about this is that one perfection doesn't exist fletcher's whole ideology is flawed because he's striving to make someone perfect but he, he refuses to believe that nothing is perfect. But the other part is that Neiman is enthralled and and captured by this ideology that he refuses to see, that he can no longer see that he doesn't have to care about Fletcher's opinion. As Nick, you were saying, it doesn't matter what Neiman thinks. It matters what Fletcher thinks if he's created the perfect individual or not. But Neiman refuses to see that Oh, I don't need to be this perfect individual for him. I've reached my potential that I want to get. I don't have to be Fletcher's potential. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: He doesn't see that he's already very good with with or without Fletcher. He doesn't have yeah. to earn Fletcher's approval.
0: I think that's a tragedy here, is that
2: That is real, ne- that is a real tragedy here.
0: That Neiman was so like taken by Fletcher as a person and as an idea that he became flawed and broken by that yeah, yeah he's, he's lost himself yeah completely. fletcher's
1: ideals were embodied onto andrew
0: is i think another awesome line that really embodied fletcher's ideals and showed how flawed it was was the line jazz is dying because he is essentially referring that to nobody pushes people to their limits anymore or at la- or at least not everybody's pushing everybody to literally their death or blood, sweat, and tears.
1: And I think that speaks to his character as he has a very pessimistic point of view on other people yeah. in mm-hmm. the jazz industry or just people in general.
0: I think it was a really cool contrast how... um, uh, I think it was a really cool contrast how neiman attacks fletcher right and then there's this whole lawsuit thing and and the last time we saw fletcher was this very violent and abrasive and the camera shaking type of scene and the next time we see him he's in a jazz cafe and it's very serene it's calm there's mood lighting and fletcher is not like yelling he's playing a calm piano with some smooth jazz in the background and to even further that contrast of when we last saw him the camera pans and zooms in on Fletcher's very big, muscular, and bulky hands, playing very gentle and serene notes on a piano, which was really cool. I don't know I don't know what that meant, if anything, but I just like the contrast there.
2: So is the ending of the movie a triumphant one for Neiman, or is it a tragedy?
0: Ooh, that's a very good question.
3: Well, I mean, I, get, I think it depends on, on our
1: perspectives on it.
0: Of course,
1: of course, of course, of course. That's what makes this.
3: The
0: thing is, I I feel like it's one of those Inception things where it ended right when we could have used more information to kind of resolve it, but it ended on a very good cliffhanger because I think what Neiman does after this determines whether or not it was a tragedy or a triumphant event. If he went on and got sucked back into. Fletcher's life and got addicted into it then I would say that that's a tragedy because he was almost climbing out of that hole he had his own apartment he was living his life he broke away from not that breaking away from music is a good thing but he broke away from that um, toxic lifestyle and then to get sucked back into it by Fletcher that's a tragedy but I think if it ended there if Neiman never got back into that very competitive uh, Fletcher style environment I think it would have been a triumphant because he reached his potential, he unlocked his potential, and I think he recognized it. And to move on from that and just be himself from there on and do music by himself, I think that would have been triumphant.
3: Right. I think it was triumphant. I think either way, because because it's like, so if he, um, if Fletcher keeps him on the band and keeps pushing him, it's kind of like I think it's like, I think by the end, it's like he's already proven himself to Fletcher. Because it's like because like Fletcher's Fletcher's smiling and like nodding and encouraging him, and he doesn't care. And look, and like I think the biggest example of this is that Neiman is literally telling Fletcher what to do, yeah. like at the end of, at the end of the thing. And Fletcher's okay True. with it, and Fletcher's completely fine with it, and he follows along with it. Um. So I think if he does continue to work with Fletcher, then I think, then I think it's it's like it's fine. Like he's already proven himself to Fletcher, and and Fletcher. Uh, probably it probably won't push him as hard, and we'll trust him more. So, or if he, or if he goes on to, or he goes on to, you know, do his own thing. I think the actual, the only time it's a tragedy is if he actually quits doing drums and music after that.
0: Yeah, of course. Because to unlock your full potential and then just kind of drop it in the exactly right and walk away—that's the tragedy as well.
1: Honestly, it could go either way for me. I don't have a distinct opinion. But I just want to say that the beauty in this film is that it keeps it very, and it keeps it very. It's not like it doesn't. It's up to interp- our interpretation,
2: which I really mm-hmm. like.
0: So Nick, what do you think? Do you think it's a tragedy or a triumphant ending?
2: I'm quite split on that. I yeah. it, what what Theo said makes a lot of sense, and it it sounds like it should be right. But the part of me just doesn't like Fletcher. I just think that <laughs> I just think that Neiman yeah, is that. Fell, falls into his little little game little trap again he's yeah. sunk again and he's going to be be, manip- like, be manipulated by Fletcher once again and he's going to lose everything else that he's got
1: and may, okay maybe because it that maybe speaks to a lot about our perspective like we said but also or like or just our perspective actually because you um i'm not calling you guys pessimistic but your point of view on this is very pessimistic right because you no, like, it is, you yeah. think mm-hmm. you think he's going to fail you think this is bad for him you you know like stuff like that but with teal it's quite the opposite you think this is optimistic you think he's going to do things things good things are going to happen so i would say this movie it's it's not about the movie but it brings more about our perspective on the movie instead of what the movie is
0: mm-hmm.
3: I think it's yeah. I think it's just because it could be interpreted either way. Like that's
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what makes it good.
0: All right. So after that very robust and strong discussion, what do you guys think of the movie overall? Your final review. Uh, your score out of a hundred. I give it like a
3: ninety-five because it's pretty good.
0: <laughs> All right, Tio Antonio, everybody, Tio Antonio. <laughs> I thought the movie was, oh, I like we talked about this, but it's so good because I hate it so much and it did its job because of that. It made me feel so disgusted and made me relive traumas that I didn't need to. And because of that, it's such a rich thriller that really breaks the boundaries between the audience and the film. I think this is one of those few movies that hasn't done that before, but now it has where I've really emotionally connected with it for some reason so as much as i hate it i'm gonna have to give it probably oof, 92 i'll give it a 92 it's just, like Abe said. I'm just it's, just,
2: it's just like Abe said 95 it's 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 personal and it does what it what it does really well for me
1: i think it's it's very articulate it's beautiful and it's it's good at what it does and you know it's it it's amazing because we could have multiple points of view, even though, you know, you, you, you three experience the same thing. Tio has a very different point of view from the, the two of you. And from an outsider's perspective, I'm, I'm typically very optimistic about things. It's just why I side with Tio. But, yeah, it just, um, it really goes to show our perspective on the movie and maybe, you know, our perspective on life right now. Who knows? But yeah, man, I'm always looking
3: up. You know what's so. <laughs> up? I'll give it You know, I I'll keep, keep my eyes nine. on this ceiling. Give Sky's the nine. limit, you know what I'm saying? Don's <laughs> <Bernard's laughs> trying to give his reveal to him. quit interrupting him.
1: <laughs> you gotta leave that part. <laughs> Jesus so Christ. Sorry, I'll give it a 98. That was really good. 98? Jesus go.
0: Christ. Alright. So with our scores totaled. Wow, holy crap. With our scores totaled, we have given Whiplash an average rating of 95 out of 100.
1: That's an A, baby.
0: That's a, Well, okay, the thing is, I don't like to think about the scoring system as like 90 is an A, 60 yeah, is terrible, and 50 is an absolute crap. I think 50 is, it's an average movie. It's all right. So yeah. 60, 70, already that's, oh, that was a pretty good movie. And 80, 90 is like, that's very enriching, and there's a lot behind it.
3: Yeah. Bro, we should um, change it, though, because when are we
0: ever going to watch like a 40 well, well, probably we might, like we I might, probably, we, we probably, might. Like, who knows? We, for fun, we might do it, you for, know.
1: I mean, it'll be fun to shit on a movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, that's it. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode of Five A.M. Filmcast. We hope you guys enjoyed. Be sure to follow our Instagram and Twitter, both of them at Five A.M. Film Pod, and we hope to see you guys next episode. Thank you for tuning in.